Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute Bible study each day to get us into God's Word, keep us in touch with our, in our relationship with God, help keep us focused on our souls and upon our spiritual life. Now, it also helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow stronger in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We always encourage you. You know people in your life who need to turn their lives around, their focus in life around. They need to start thinking about their relationship with God, about their soul's salvation, about eternity, because it's coming. So help them along these lines by sharing these short studies with them every day, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody grow in their faith. You may help somebody get to heaven. And that'll be a great blessing for them, but also a great blessing for you. So share through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But make that commitment and start sharing today and every day. We're going to get back into our line of study. We've been going through this particular line of thought for quite a while now. We broke it into three sections from one perspective, and we're breaking it into a couple of more perspectives, uh, a couple of more sections from another perspective. First, we ask the question that is on the mind of so many people on such a repeated basis, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, we talked about that. We looked at it from three different uh, perspectives, and that is, well, sin is the bottom line. When mankind became sinful, everything changed. Sin became a reality within the conscience and within the lifestyle of mankind, and sin bears bad consequences naturally. But also, we often ascribe goodness on people we know who are not necessarily good people in God's eyes. And so they're living sinful lifestyles, unfaithful lifestyles, ungodly lifestyles. Well, we might think for some reason, because of our relationship with them, and we like them, we might think they're good people, but they're not good people in God's eyes. And so we wonder, well, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, because of their sinfulness, they're reaping the consequences of their lifestyles, and bad things happen to even people we look at and think, well, they're good people. Why? Well, they're not necessarily good people. So we need to get that perspective straight. Goodness has to be on God's terms. He is the basic bottom line standard of goodness. And without God, there's no such thing as goodness. It's all relative. In the third section, we laid out a number of different contributing factors that, that, that contribute to bad things happening to even truly good people. People who are living good, godly, righteous, faithful lives, Christian lives, and yet bad things happen to them. Well, sometimes they make mistakes, make bad choices, uh, unaware, and suffer some bad consequences. Sometimes other people around them make bad choices that have fallout, so to speak, in bad situations happening to them. Sometimes it's just a matter of life in this world. This world is steeped in evil, unrighteousness, sinfulness, and bad things happen as a result. There are a lot of people who live their lives without any thought about God whatsoever, at least most of the time, and so 
innocent people sometimes suffer from their bad lifestyles. But then there's still the reality of death and everything that goes along with death, and that's pain and suffering and sickness and dying and agony and all of that, and that happens even to truly good people. Well, in this other perspective, we're asking the opposite question. Now again, why do bad things happen to good people? That's in the minds of a whole lot of people over and over and over again through time. But then the other side of the ledger is, why do good things happen to bad people? And that's perplexing, isn't it? We look around us and we see people who are absolutely not living godly lives. They're living sinful lives. We might even say they're evil in some cases, but certainly living wicked lives. And seems like nothing bad's happening to them. They're getting away with it. They're even prospering. Well, we looked at different Psalms that laid that out, that scenario, in Psalm 10 and Psalm 73. And while the psalmists recognize that it seems like a contradiction, why will God let some people live in unrighteousness, ungodliness, and they seem to prosper? Nothing bad seems to happen to them. And while, there are, while at the same time there are people who are trying, striving diligently to live good, godly lives, and they struggle all along the way. Well, the psalmist in both cases said, uh, don't, get, don't get deceived. Don't, don't let the devil pull the wool over your eyes. Those people who are living ungodly lives, they're on a slippery slope. God knows exactly what's going on, and he's going to hold them accountable. If they do not repent, they're going to face eternal condemnation in hell. Revelation 21 in verse 8. But also, you can look at Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through the end of the chapter. It talks about that in detail. Well, so sometimes the, the, the surface level appearance is not the deeper reality of what's going on. It is appointed for men to die once. And after this comes the judgment, Hebrews chapter 9. So all of us will have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, and give account for how we have lived our lives in this world, whether we have done good or bad. Now, we've been looking at also some different scriptures that give us the understanding that we simply need to keep on keeping on doing the right thing, living by God's teachings. And we need to not get deceived again by what the devil may try to present as an appearance of evil being okay and sometimes goodness being bad. We're facing that in our culture right now. People who are standing up for righteousness are often just chastised, denigrated, ridiculed publicly a lot of times because they're narrow-minded, hateful, mean, evil, because they're standing up for righteousness and they're calling sin, sin. And people who are living in ungodly lives, lifestyles that are condemned in God's word, are held up as being good people, examples for all of the rest of us. Exactly exactly upside down 
backwards and inside out. But we need to not let ourselves be deceived. The devil is the great deceiver. He's also our enemy. He has been likened to a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. But we can resist him victoriously, steadfast in the faith. Verse 9. Well, let's look a little further. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verses 18 and 19, we read this. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure those, uh, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. So people who would try to give the appearance or even try to convince somebody, come on, everybody's doing this. Come on, let's have some fun. Let's, let, let's you know, cheat on our wives, cheat on our husbands. Let's get involved in some kind of, of illicit drug activity, some kind of immoral behavior of one kind or another. Well, they'll try to put forth the idea or the image that it's great, you know, you benefit from it, it brings you happiness, but it does not. It's not lasting. And so once somebody enters into sin, he becomes a slave of sin. We need to recognize we want to be that God sent his son to set us free from that bondage of sin by his death on the cross. And we need to treat that, that sacrifice by God and by Christ respectfully. And not just kind of ignore it or, or in some way take it for granted. We need to live the life of dedication, showing our thankfulness for what God and Christ have done for us. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, when we look at verses 3 and 4, and Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine or true teaching. But according to their own desires, they, they, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Well, they're going to look for somebody to tell them what they want to hear, what they want to hear, to try to make them feel good in their ungodly lifestyles. But you know, judgment again is coming. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning with verse uh, 7, it, the Apostle Paul tells us the Lord Jesus is revealed, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Now again, God wants everyone to come to repentance. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. But in the very next verse, Peter warns, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be 
in holy conduct and godliness. Again, don't be deceived. Remember those psalmists that we read about, they learned the lesson, they figured it out. Those who are living unrighteous lifestyles, who are living ungodly in ungodliness, God knows what's going on. God is holding them to account. John wrote in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 17, the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides or lives forever. Now there's our hope. There's our direction. We need to not get distracted along the way by the appearance of people who are living in sinfulness seemingly getting away with it and even prospering. No, God again knows exactly what's going on and God is keeping score. Let's stop and pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for promising us a home with you in heaven for all of eternity where there will be no more consequences of sin, where all will be peace and all will be blessedness. Thank you, Father. Guide us to live that righteous life before you so that we can look forward to and enjoy that home with you in heaven after this life, after this world is over. Please, Father, we pray, we beg you, forgive us, and hear our prayer. Gracious Father, in Jesus' name, amen.